You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 125. Let's get to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits Podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and as always, it's an honor and a privilege to have you here. Episode 125. If you have been here along for the ride since this show started well over two years ago, I think we are actually coming up on our three-year anniversary of this show. Um, I do not have it dated. I've got some notes back here that says December 17th, 2018. Well, that's clearly wrong. I know it was sometime around May, so it'll be super awesome whenever we hit that milestone. And I'll make sure I have something really awesome set up for you all. But from around the world, in well over 100 countries by now, um, which fascinates me that this show has been able to um, be a part of and assimilate into so many different people's college experiences, specifically because I talk mostly about states. I don't have any experiences of the college life out there beyond the borders. I have certainly visited 19 countries, but I did not attend any of the universities there or any of the school systems. So props to you all for being able to find a way to take the information that I talk about on this show and bring it into your day-to-day lives around the globe. Every single, I think I've got every single time zone covered. Um, There might be one in the middle of the Pacific Ocean that I'm not aware of that I don't have. (laughs) And so one of the things we're going to talk about in this episode, in fact, the highlight of this entire episode, I'm calling it the pilot again in my show notes because this show has grown so much since its initial launch with my ideas back then of really highlighting ways to help guide you to be successful in college. And there was going to be a lot of the the technique, the tangibles, uh, you know, discussing things like how to organize your syllabus and time management and, you know, how to talk to professors and, you know, how to organize your schedule and, and talk to your administrators and, and your, um, you know, how to just be in school, right? I originally thought I was going to talk about making sure you got to the bus on time and all this stuff. And honestly, what ended up happening with it is that it began to mirror my other podcast, my other show, From Sobriety to Recovery, because a lot of the stuff that I was talking about over there drew a a direct connection to those of y'all listening to the College Success Habits podcast. In many ways, I meant for that to happen, because a lot of the information I discuss over there is around emotional intelligence, physical well-being, mental sharpness and acuity, um, being balanced spiritually, not necessarily with religion involved, but more as like moral ethics and values and integrity, humility, gratitude, you know, the original reasons why religion was brought about to begin with. And so as the show grew and started to really move away from that, I never actually talked about why I moved it away from there. And if you go back and you start to look at some of the uh, past episodes, especially like around 
episode 28, going home for the Thanksgiving, uh, 29, preparing for finals, episode 30, wrapping up the semester um, that we started talking about. Um, I know in here there, there was preparing for the semester, episode 35, getting acclimated in 36. These are absolutely topics that I will bring about again in future episodes whenever I have the ability to start bringing on um, administrators and people who work at the success centers and and those counselors and student you know leaders who are actually there on college campuses and it was always my intention to have a very well balanced amount of people who are there in the colleges working directly with you students and and I know I have a lot of administrators who listen as well because you're using this content to talk with your students about how they can increase their emotional intelligence and pay attention to their physical well-being. And it's become an asset for a lot of people based off of this, the feedback I've gotten through social media, which is an honor to have been able to play that kind of role in your lives. Uh, so there will be a return of attention toward that as um, administrators and such are able to fit me into their schedules considering everything that they're currently balancing with COVID and the pandemic and just what's already happening on their campus. So I will go back into that. And when those people come on, we will dive deeper into studying and class flow and things of that nature. So once the pandemic hit and I realized that there was going to need to be a shift in the show for it to stay relevant, I very much moved it more into of an emotional intelligence kind of show. You might have noticed that it was already gearing toward that when I talked about neuroplasticity in in episode 19 or how problems um, aren't forever in episode 21, you know, when we started to dive into the emotional regulation of the winter months for so many of you all, you actually live in places with seasons. I did used to live in Southern California and I didn't know seasons then, but I definitely knew them when I was going to Ball State University and how just abysmal it was to walk outside and have to even be remotely around the outdoor weather <laughs> whenever it was snowing. So we talked about that in episode 38 and 39. and We talked about depression and suicide in episode 40, social media's influence on you in 42. Episode 43 was whenever the coronavirus first started being talked about by me. We're at episode 125. That's how many episodes ago that was. I mean, we are literally only 17 episodes away from having the coronavirus having been a part of this show for that long. And so as I started to move episode 43 into more of an emotional intelligence avenue with the show, it really started to take on a life of its own. You know, I started to talk about the principles of my book, launched the book during the pandemic. There was supposed to be like a 20, 30 college tour of me going around and talking about the book at bookstores and on campuses that never was able to come about because campuses weren't letting randos like me on them. And uh, we started to really grow the show. And so as this is an opportunity to dive into what it is this show is going to become moving forward, and I could literally just sit here and start looking at all the show titles that I've done and, and realizing how the breadth of the growth of the topics that we've talked about. I mean, just look back lately, self-awareness, leadership, thicker skin, conflict avoidance, cognitive dissonance. The reason why these topics are so important to me and why I'm bringing them to you now is that 
for me, I look back at the mid-90s when I first started going to school, and I, I started college in 94, high school in 90, and graduated in 2006. And so much had changed just in those 12 years from 94 to 06, and that was just the beginning of the Facebook era. I remember signing up for my first Facebook account um, right before I left for college, and definitely when I took that job overseas in um, let's see, I graduated, well, I didn't actually leave my college campus till 07, but I graduated in 06. By 08, I was working overseas, and I remember having a Facebook and MySpace, if you remember MySpace account, to be able to keep talking to all my friends. That was how I was able to message them, and we were still using our college email addresses. And so much has changed from even the late aughts, you know, as soon as the smartphone came about, literally now all of a sudden we're all holding supercomputers in our hands that are more powerful than all of the computers that spent, that sent the very first manned mission to the moon. And it's in our pocket. It exists there. Social media has begun to just dominate life. There's not a person alive that I know who doesn't at least know about all of the social media apps, whether they're on them or not, they definitely know about them, right? The media and news, when I first got into journalism, when I first wanted to get into journalism back when I was starting high school um, and really got into the whole idea of what journalism could be, um, there was a whole different paradigm around it, right? It was, you know, there was editors who didn't let quote-unquote fake news through, right? They were quadruple checking, and even the quadruple checking by the editors wasn't as necessary because us writers and us purveyors of the news that was going to be sent out and disseminated by the public, it was, it was, we believed it was our duty to make sure that everything that we had talked about in a story was being researched and quadruple checked by multiple sources, and it certainly seems um, now, of course, it's different. But I remember watching the change from 94 to 06 and no longer feeling okay with the way that journalism was being treated by journalists and definitely no longer okay with the way that it was being perceived by the public because rightfully so, journalism said lo- journalists had lost favor. The trust that journalists had built up for years and years and years um, was being eroded by the fact that everything was turning to the internet and it was becoming less and less viable to keep news stations and newspapers profitable and and pumping out material that was actually going to give you a well-balanced diet of the news and rather than it turned it started turning into clickbait started turning into a lot of falsifications in order to get a certain um, subset of the population to become very loyal to that one. And you've seen that one in MSNBC and CNN and Fox. You definitely you definitely know what you're going to get whenever you watch those. And so I look back at what I would have loved to have heard and known. And this is going back to the original question of why am I bringing you this particular material? I don't know if I would have listened in 94 when alcohol and weed and and LSD and the drugs I played around with in college, when they first came into my life, I don't know if I would have listened to someone like me. But I will never know that because this kind of stuff wasn't available to me. We're living in this, I mean, it is literally the information age beyond all information ages. Uh, There will never be a time in the history of mankind where everything that is happening around us, information and technological-wise, is so fresh and new. We're still having massive innovations that are coming about. And at some point, yes, we'll probably 
figure out how to use jetpacks or have flying cars, but the amount of things that will literally touch society and drastically shift our perspective and the journey we're taking. I really do believe that, you know, starting in the 2000s, as the internet really began to supplant, you know, actual like concrete, like hold in your hand newspapers and books as information resources, the internet's taken it over. And it's just been in 22 years since we hit the millennium. And look at how much has already changed. How iPhones just came out at the beginning of the teens. And look at what smartphones have become in our lives. The apps that we have, the ways that we're able to videotape and and change the course of history with a a videotape of something happening to somebody else in a small little corner of the world that no one ever would have seen before because we we weren't all just walking around with video recorders in our pockets that were connected to the internet where we could upload things. I mean, think about the enormity of the transitions that we have made as a world, let alone as an American society. And for all of you in other countries, you may have watched what America's done, but certainly you've had your own changes as well. And all of this is very relatable to you because you've seen the massive changes that have happened, perhaps a different timetable, but they've still been happening. So again, let's go back to the question. Why do I talk about the topics that I do on this show? Would I have listened in the mid-90s up into 2006? I don't know. But I certainly know that this information wasn't as readily available. I certainly know that if I'm not talking about it, then who will? And maybe somebody else will do it in their way. But I certainly believe that I have a very unique way of bringing you guys information about physical development or emotional intelligence or how to set set and break habits. Um, It's just, I love the way I talk about these topics. And I just believe from the bottom of my heart that there's so much growth and development happening at the middle school and high school and college levels that... I want to be a positive influence on your growth, on your journey. I want you to look back and say, man, I'm really glad I listened to that guy's podcast and was able to just stretch my mind and think beyond what I had previously thought and began to expand my perspective, expand my model of the world, expand my viewpoints to embrace other people's. And certainly over 124 episodes, I have fallen on my face at times. Right. There have been you know times where I've wanted to stand up for social issues on this show and realize this may not be the best forum for it. But then I'd get pissed off when when shows uh, like you know I remember Friends. You know it was on during the nine eleven disaster, but it never referenced it. They just stopped showing the World Trade Centers in the pictures of New York City whenever they would zoom in before a new scene. I remember thinking, well, this is happening, and they're just choosing not to talk about it. Now, is that good because I want this escape from reality or is it not as good because I would love to have seen how those characters would have handled it? I don't know. I don't know. And that's just one little example I popped out of my head. But I did realize that I didn't want to just have this show seem like things were happening out there and I wasn't talking about them because you're experiencing them. Um, is the way I discussed Black Lives Matter or is the way I discussed I Can't Breathe or is the way I discuss certain things, did it land with everyone? Did it turn certain people off? If I tried to talk about politics in as much as Clinton versus Trump versus Biden versus Obama, any of that stuff, did it land? Did it work? If people overseas think we're all a bunch of dodo heads anyways, I have no idea. I do know that as 
both of my shows have grown, and as my sobriety and recovery has begun to further expand my field of vision, that I'm all about expanse. Right, I want everyone to feel welcome here. If I say something that turns you off, I hope that you're like, well, okay, that's one thought around one thing, but that's not all of his thoughts around everything. And that's what I want you to take on too, is that I want you to have strongly, strongly held opinion. What is it? What is it? One of my friends recently told me, strong opinions loosely held. Meaning, have your opinions be strong. Stand up for what you believe in, but also realize that it can be loosely held that you can allow there to be space to learn new things, to embrace new thought patterns and new ideas. It doesn't mean that you don't stand up for what you believe in. It just means that you are flexible in your belief system to a point where new information can come in and it doesn't have to change your mind, but it can certainly begin to influence you to embrace how other people have a different experience of life and how they will want you to see it from their shoes. Empathy is one of the most powerful emotions we can have as humans because it allows us to just step inside somebody else's life for a brief moment, even if it's just in our minds about how we might think that they perceived a situation and realize there's no possible way that they're going to have our exact same viewpoint on anything because they will have never seen it through our eyes. Knowing that they will never have the same viewpoint should allow you to embrace the fact that they will have a different viewpoint. And you may not agree with it. It may not make any sense to you. But that person has lived a particular life that has led them to this value belief system, just like you've led a particular life that's taking you to a particular values and belief system. To embrace all of our faults, and, and to embrace all of our uh, our progressions is what makes us human. It's the human experience. Would I have listened to somebody like me whenever I was in my you know mid twenties? I have no idea. I certainly know that tens of thousands of you listen to me. I hope that you go and tell the people in your class, hey, you're going through some stuff. You should go check out this guy's show. He talks a lot about what we're dealing with emotionally and physically in our lives. When I was doing research for the College Success Habits book, there are row upon row and shelf upon shelf and bookcase upon bookcase of preparatory books. How to prepare to get into college. How to get a good grade on the SAT. How to get a good grade on the ACT. How to make sure that your cover letter or that your that your uh, resume or that your uh, what do you you have to like some places even make you shoot videos now as part of your submission package to get into the university. Tons of books about that. You could have taken all the books that talked about emotional intelligence and how to better be prepared for college and for what to expect and the the trials and tribulations and how you can begin to move through them and become a, a well-balanced, emotionally intelligent adult. You could have taken all of those books and when placed side by side would not have even filled up one shelf. Not even one row on this entire bookcase. That's why this show focuses so much on what it does because there's plenty of information that will tell you how to get to college. There's not enough information that tells you what to do once you're there. That's why I talk about the things that I talk about, because I got into the college I wanted. I was able to get into the fraternity I wanted. I was able to get, I was able to get into the places I wanted, but I didn't know how to behave when I got there. 
I didn't know how to stand strong in my own thoughts. I didn't know how to be myself. I didn't just, I didn't know so, so, so much. And again, what I have listened, I have no idea. But in an age of, of vast amounts of information, the fact that I've even managed to, to, to scratch out, eke out a little corner of this world where lots and lots and lots, thousands upon thousands of you have stepped in to listen to me for 30, 45 minutes a week means a great deal to me. I do not take it lightly. Time is of the essence. It is the most valuable resource we have. So moving forward with the next 125 or 375 episodes, it's going to be very geared towards emotional intelligence and physical growth and development and mental acuity and sharpness and how to keep your mind sharp and ready to go and and wanting to learn. Because being a lifelong student isn't just some catchphrase nerdy thing to say. You always be learning, but if you're not aware of what it is you're learning, then how can you guide your learning toward the destination you seek? And even in the process of seeking a destination, it's really more about the journey than it ever is about the destination. You have to be, you have to enjoy the journey because the journey will take way longer than arriving at the destination. The celebration of the destination is such a small, minute part of the entire thing, walking across that stage, getting your diploma, throwing your hat up in the air, whole process takes a day of hassle. Most people don't even enjoy going to it. It was the journey to get there because our human condition states that once we get there, we immediately want to push ourselves past it and start to form the newest habit, the newest idea of what we want, the newest goal, the newest task. It's always new with humans. So enjoy the journey because you're not going to celebrate the destination as much as you think you will. So what are going to be the topics that we're going to dive into? Well, a quick summary of what we've covered in here, especially if you go back and look at the episodes, we'll start to see a very distinct pattern. And I have systems. Everybody has systems. I have my own systems. I love my systems. I love my systems. I do. When we think of the spheres, the, the pillars, the principles, the zones, the human experience subjects I talk about. There's a reason why I formulated my life around these, because I truly, truly believe, and I've got enough existence proof of this, that um, that which can't be measured can't be replicated. And if it can't be replicated, then it can't be done consistently. And if it can't be done consistently, then it cannot be counted on as a skill that you actually have. Not understanding why you got a good grade on one test and not on another does it means that you can't replicate what you did in order to get the good grade. Having a good interaction with someone and not understanding what it was that went down during that interaction means you can't replicate it. And if you can't replicate it, then there's a lack of consistency, which means it's not a skill. Then each time you go up to talk to someone or study for a test, you're just hoping that all the pieces fall into place. So it's all about replication. And measurement to me, because that's where the consistency is found. And when you have consistency, that's when it's a skill and you can work on a skill. You can, you can practice or participate in that skill day in and day out, and you can make it better because you understand the steps. If you didn't understand the steps in swinging a bat or in writing out a sentence with the verb and the adjective and the subject and the noun and the pronoun all in the right places in the sentence, then you couldn't write and you can't get better at writing if you don't know how to write So that's why I talk so much about my systems, and everything really is. And so I'm going to pull the curtain back. 
and briefly go over what my systems are. And then over the next few episodes, I'm going to dive into each one of them so that you can better understand them. I use these systems in all my coaching, my workshops, my seminars, my presentations and speeches and um, my tribe. I'm getting ready to launch a membership site where so much of this content is going to be organized so that you can go through it, learn more about it in a much more succinct manner than me rambling on the microphone in a podcast. And there's going to be workbook pages and action steps so that you can actually implement this in your life and you can really begin to measure it. And once you measure it, then you can replicate it. And once you can replicate it, you can make it consistent and turn it into a skill. And that is my goal for all of you. Find something that you want to get better at, figure out a way to measure it, replicate it, and turn it into a skill. It's all about application and evaluation, always and forever. So some of the systems that I have developed myself, that are my own personal systems, are as follows. Um, you'll hear me reference the spheres. The spheres, I believe everybody has the same three spheres in life. Career, self, and relationships. Everything that you do will fall into career, self, and relationships. I developed this one based off this uh, thing I heard one time, that the three most important questions or three most important decisions of a human being's life is where they're going to live, what are they going to do, and who are they going to love. So where are you going to live is, that's yourself, right? Where are you going to be? What's your environment going to be? Who are you going to be around? Um, who are you going to love? That's your relationships. And what are you going to do? That's your career. Everything you do in life will fall within these three spheres. So when you're wondering, I'm not feeling great about your life, you can step back and say, well, is what I'm doing who I'm loving or what, or what I, what do I do with my, you know, is it what I'm doing with my job, my school, my major, my career? How is that doing? We can check on that. How am I doing with myself? You know, am I taking care of my body? Am I taking care of my environment, my, my apartment, things like that? And then um, relationships. Who are you loving? Who's in your inner circle? When I dove into the spheres, I realized there was actually four pillars of each sphere, and it, and it replicates throughout each three spheres. And when put together, actually built in my model of the world, it builds like this McMansion. You've got 12 rooms in your life, and it's all based on my three spheres of career, self-relationship, and the four pillars, which is physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. And I did many episodes on this back a while ago, and you can definitely look through them and, and, and find them. And when I go back over P PIMS and CSR later, any episodes where I reference these, I'll make sure I bring up in there. But this is just a brief little review. So uh, when you think about why you don't like your job, is it because it's physically demanding or not physical enough? Because it's emotionally draining or it's not stimulating your emotions enough or it's overstimulating? Um, is it not uh, challenging you mentally or overchallenging you mentally? Or does it, is there issues of spirituality there? Is the, is the company not morally, ethically um, challenging you enough? Or is it noticeable that the company is doing mischievous things? Think back to anyone who worked in the banking system in the late aughts, whenever the stock market crashed because of the housing bubble, there's probably a lot of lack of integrity in morals and ethics and values going on within their career model that ultimately ended up causing a worldwide catastrophe. So that's the PIMS. That's the pillars of the spheres, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. And they exist on their own, and they also come, exist within the three spheres of career, self, and relationships. We have my seven principles, for which I wrote an entire book. Develop a growth mindset. Cultivate courage. Be decisive. Take action. 
embrace discipline, exercise flexibility, and embody tenaciousness. I have tons of episodes about this. I'm pretty sure it was somewhere right after all of the COVID episodes. I think I just located them. Yeah. Um, 54 through 61 and then 53, I just did a whole overview and then 54 through 61, I actually talked about each one of the chapters. In fact, I think I may have even just read them off verbatim word for word and then added a little bit of stuff in. So go back and listen to those mid fifties episodes. If you'd like to learn more about the book, I coach directly around the zones. I believe that we all have five primary zones in our life that whenever we master them, our, we begin to master our lives. We, we begin to step into the empowerment that comes from being the creator of the life we've always desired. Um, your physical development, your emotional intelligence, your biochemical um, makeup of your body, of your brain. Like, How do you create habits? Uh, why do you think the way that you do? What is what is causing your brain to behave the way that it does and create the life that it has for you? How does your environment affect you, right? There's a difference between an environment that's super clean and tidy with roommates that are loving and, and respect your space versus uh, an environment of roommates who are dirty and you're dirty and the whole place looks grungy and gross and you don't um, treat your space with respect and you eat each other's food. We all have some instances where things at home weren't great, and that causes that to reverberate throughout your entire life. Uh, and then we also, again, touch on mindset. Mindset is so important that it shows up every single place because understanding the difference between a growth and a fixed mindset and being able to embrace where your growth and then begin to work on where you're fixed, to me, is of the utmost important importance in life. Emotional intelligence is a way higher predictor of your success in life than your IQ, your your intelligence quotient ever will be. And that is my phone letting me know that I've got five minutes to wrap up the show, um, mainly because I have got to go check in for a Southwest flight. And so... Um, and it's just perfect. I didn't want this episode to be longer than 35 minutes anyways. So mindset shows up along with emotional intelligence everywhere. And why is that the case? Because I truly believe that a growth mindset and an emotional intelligence grounded in in understanding that you can be emotional, but you also need to have a well-balanced rational mind as well. And this is called the wise mind. And this is a great segue to the human experience models I introduced to you. Whether it's the six human needs, the Dilt's pyramid, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the model, there's so many different ways of expressing yourself through different philosophies of life. I like to introduce you to as many of them as I come across in order for you to have a better idea of what it is out there that exists for you to organize your life. My spheres, my pillars, my principles, my zones, these are the ways I like to do it. Whether you embrace them or have your own or go find somebody else's, it matters not to me as much as your growth and your development matter to me. I truly do believe that if you listen to anybody's podcast or read any self-help book and you really embrace it and allow it to become a major part of your life, that you will succeed. If it is if it is one of those um, inspirational books that that causes you to be motivated internally by yourself to go off and succeed at a, at a space that you never once thought possible, then it's working for you. And whether it's my book, College Success Habits, 
whether it's Jack Canfield's Success Principles, something by Eckhart Tolle or Brene Brown or Carol Dweck or, or you know, um, the the Tyson guy who does the, the astronomy stuff. I mean, Neil deGrasse Tyson. There's so many people and there's so much out there. Find what works for you and embrace it. I will introduce you to as many things as I possibly can, whether it's within the show or whether it's out there when I'm speaking. And it's just my hope that you're able to find what, what speaks volumes to you and go into that and then just embrace it. Lastly, I'll get you out of here on this. One of the things I notice the most that I think that affects people in a negative light that I would like to say to you as we get off of this microphone and you go back out to your normal lives is be mindful of the stories that you make up in your head. Are they reality? Are they, are they real at all? Or are they just something that you're telling yourself in order to, because somebody didn't give you the response you wanted when you said hi, or um, somebody looked away when you looked at them, or that um, you heard something and, and it wasn't what you had hoped, and so you create this entire story about what's actually going on, what you think is going on, but it may not even really be what's going on. Be really, really mindful of these stories that you tell yourself in your head about what you think is happening when you haven't gone off and actually asked the person what's happening or stopped long enough if it's just you involved in this situation and actually ask yourself, is this a possibility? And if it is a possibility, is it best that I at least come up with a plan for it now or just release it and when it comes, it comes and I deal with it then? There is such a thing as planning too much and there's such a thing as not planning enough. But if you circle in your head over and over and over again, I might fail this test, I might fail this test, I might fail this test, you're setting yourself up to mentally think that you're going to fail the test. This is that growth mindset. This is that positive energy we want to have inside of ourselves. But we also want to be a little weary of toxic positivity where we try to spin everything that it was a life lesson or everything is good or everything's going to be okay. When sometimes it's okay not to be okay. Just ask yourself, is what's getting you down right now, is it a story you're telling yourself with very little fact, or is it something that actually is real, that you can actually dive into now, and that you can begin to work on? It is just my hope that through all of the subjects that we talk about, that I give you a whole new perspective, or just slightly different than what you've already experienced. And in the end, that, my friends, is how you begin to step into that college success habits mentality that will take you all the way through your journey to your perceived destination, even though we know once you get there, you're just going to want more. And as far as this show goes, it's been one hell of a ride for 125. Can't wait to see y'all at 250. Have a great day. Inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy. Be on the lookout. Launch my member site, membership site on March 1st. You will be the first to know. Take care now. Bye-bye. 